five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello, we are the People Movers, and we are back again to talk many, many things like autonomous driving in 22 vehicles from GM by 2023. We also have Bugatti doing recalls. I don't know how you'd feel about that. Porsche selling a million Cayennes. And the Honda Civic Type are coming back more subdued, but crazier. But the most important question of the day, Jason, how are you? Oh, it's, I'm great. We have a really packed show tonight, so let's get right into it. Very good. Very good. Well, let's see here. GM. GM's been all over the map lately with their autonomous EV, all their stuff. Many investments, many back pedals, all those kind of things. But they've said very brazenly, you know, 22 vehicles by 2023. What do we got, Jason, on the Super Cruise autonomous GM front? Yeah, well, this is big news because, as you know, Super Cruise has been widely applauded by the auto industry. And up until this point, it's only been available in Cadillac vehicles. Right. So this is big. They had already committed to it being available in the new um, Hummer EV that's coming up. Right. Um, however, who knows when that'll actually come out. But this is actually a vehicle we know will be made. So this is the 2022 um, GMC Sierra 1500. It's going to have the top of the range is going to offer Super Cruise. The big thing with it, too, is it's going to allow you to use Super Cruise, Brian, while towing a trailer. Ooh, that's pretty gnarly, actually. That's, that's kind of interesting, yeah, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Can you do you can you do that on the Escalade currently? Do you know? Uh, my understanding is no. This right. is so going to be cool. a first. I see so. that's a seller, and see as that trickles down to things like Silverados and stuff. That's a mm-hmm. real huge selling feature. As someone has basic radar guided cruise control on my phone, <laughs> I'll say that I just love love those little features, which I never thought I did, you know, growing up until they work. But let alone if you're someone who doesn't tow a trailer often, or even if you do and you want to save yourself a lot of energy, I could see that being a big feature. But if they start to do the subscription thing after three years, which they know how to do, a little bit of a drawback, but I still think a very cool feature. Yeah, well, and I think you nailed it when you said wait till it trickles down to like the lesser GM brands like the Silverado, you know, the Chevrolet Silverado and stuff. Um, The 2022 Chevy Bolt. The electric little thing is supposed to have a version of Super Cruise 2 available. I love that kind of stuff. As that goes, and... You know, if they continue to do this, but they've been all over the map, multiple billions of dollars invested in their EV, their, you know, the Nikola deal was really, really dialed back. This is something that's widely praised, not panned in any way. But, you know, one thing that I wonder is that Chevy gave Cadillac dealers the option to bow out of the EV wave yes. that's coming in. One sixth of them took it. It was between 300000 to $500,000. I mean, what does that say to you? Do you think, I mean, like one sixth? That's that's a much bigger number than I thought, Brian. To be honest, I mean, I, I was going wow, a sixth of the dealer network saying I'm good. Yeah, <sighs> I mean, and that's a much bigger buyout than they had the last time they tried to do this in 2000 and whatever it was, uh, 2016. They tried to give people between 100 180 thousand dollars um, to buy people out of it, and it, apparently not many bid on it. But apparently, yeah. a sixth of the dealers. But I understand the whole lack of EV. It could be where they're featured or where they're at yeah that's true i mean i guess if you're some rural dealer that you know or whatever i I don't know it seems like most cadillac dealers would have to be in more populous places for volume but yeah well and also too you got to think of something though um i mean do you have faith in selling cadillac lyrics 
Yeah, no, that's 100%. I mean, we saw the, what was the Cadillac that we loved to talk about, the ELR, oh, the yeah. little, ELR. the one that was a Chevy Volt yeah. underneath, but it was 80 grand. Definitely in the conversation for worst car ever made. That certainly doesn't bode well if you're a low-volume dealer thinking about hanging on. <laughs> now that I'm starting to think about it, I honestly think I would take the uh, the ELR in a in a one seed of worst car ever made. You really see it? Oh man, that's you know well. Why. I think we'd have to. I think we'd have to qualify that yeah. with like worst cars in the last no, ten years. Senseless or bracket style thing. Quote: I own that trademark. Senseless brackets. Look out for that. But either way, <laughs> you know, it'd be a senseless bracket style thing. But I'm saying because the MSRP and what it delivers and everything, I believe it would be a one or a two seed. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Oh, Strong one or easily. two seed. Like even an Aztec was a focused idea. Well, yeah, exactly. Crossover. At least it was. It was a crossover. It, it was. It just didn't hit the market like with, the, with the people the way they hoped. You yeah, know, but, but it, yeah, but it right. tried. It was like over, yeah. like it was like weak overlanding before overlanding was a thing. Like it yeah. had a factory option ten the whole night. Like I, I'm, I, I agree. Like, yeah, I think the Aztec actually doesn't even take a. Three I actually seat. think the Aztec is one of GM's biggest swings, like in that era, because they were turning out like real bland stuff still. But the Aztec was, like you said, it was a focused idea. It didn't find market traction, unfortunately. <laughs> but but I feel like maybe it was once again though one of those ideas, kind of like time. the EV1, the GM EV1. Maybe it was like ten years <laughs> too early. GM's just a bunch of futurists. <laughs> That's over the here. story of GM GM's during our futurist. life, you know. Yeah, five years too early. You kill off the project, you know. Ten years later, you know, they're like, man, they had a couple guys, but they're always calling you perpetual buffoons until yep. it's too late and you're gone. And you're like, what was that French company? Yeah, Chevrolet. And they're like, wait, it was called Chevy. It was a. U-. They're like, we have a Chevrolet. You know, name it. It's probably a French company. It was great. All these brilliant ideas, and no one remembers it. Because the Berettas happen, but either way, yeah. and celebrities. But either way, moving on. So, I don't know. How do you feel when you get like recalls? Do you feel like mad? Like, let's talk about the car. So, like a normal car, any car. Let's just say the Jeep, the CRV, my Fit, the Tacoma. Yeah, no, I, I honestly I kind of feel comfortable. Yeah, I feel like they, I feel comforted, honestly. Yeah, when it's like, hey, your airbag will kill you with shards of metal and stuff. You know, I, I like I knowing know. that Honda's letting us know. Well, I know that's not something we're doing on the weekend to find out. And so I do, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm cool on that. And it doesn't cost you a dime. It's just a little inconvenience. And I'm with you. Even the TFC, when I got that, it had a little uh, kickstand issue, spring, blah, blah, blah. But I was like... Does that sting a little more? Because that's a pretty special vehicle. I mean, the TFC, in the moment, it was kind of funny, but it was one of those things where it was like, whatever. It was like, well, at least you know. Well, my bike didn't fall over type thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, it was good. It didn't. Um, but either way... Now let's ramp that up to like four million dollars. You got a Devo, a Bugatti Devo, a Bugatti Chiron, five point eight million dollar Devo. Yeah. yeah, we got Chiron, Chiron Sports, and Devos, which Devos have grown on me. We're, they're all fantastic. I mean, they're all otherworldly. Oh, yeah, there's just stuff I would have. That's the worst saying ever. You know, like because a I'll never have that money. <laughs> I'm not disrespecting you, Bugatti. In the scheme of relevant conversations, me and Brian shop in Bugattis. <laughs> no, I'm just shopping in that money. It's $5.8 million for a Devo. How many GT2 RS configurations? GT3, GT3 Tourings, a Huayra we could sprinkle in there. Or you know it's a pricey car when you say that'll go a long way in Porsche, pla- in Porsche money. A long too. way in any places, but either way, <laughs> 79 of them. 79 unlucky souls. But, well, 
I mean, that's just a start. They're saying between 2017 and 2020, but some some biggies here. We got faulty stability control systems. So basically, let's just say, Jason, what would you say the over-under of those 79 people that own those cars that have had a pretty girl or a person they want to impress them and they go, watch this, and they hit all, yeah, they hit all of it. I mean, well, I was thinking when I first read that, Brian, if I got a recall notice for the stability control on my Honda, I would be like, meh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I will right. say, of all the cars you probably need stability control yeah. on, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, you own that car. You got a license to thrill. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you, you better not get a tire recall or a, or that. I mean, whatever. It's good for them. Yeah. No one's done. But the second recall we saw was far more shocking. And that was the one that was most surprising because it's not in the news or anything like stability controllers. So. I actually went to the National Transpor- <laughs> Highway Transportation Safety Institute's website to read the actual recall thing on the stability control, and I was hit with a second one, which is there's a recall on the left rear drive shaft of the same models, the same affected yeah, models, yeah. and it's not good, Brian. They're saying that basically the drive shaft can separate from the car at speed and create a road hazard, as they called it. Yeah, as they're putting it, it says results in parts detaching, which is like... Yes. On anything, just about the last thing you want to hear that's on speed. Yeah, yeah wow. so bad day uh, if you're on an Adivo or at least a they're on the same day though. They weren't spread out. That's true. You get one one piece of mail. Wow, so I'm not gonna lie though. That actually says if the handling mode. Okay, so it could. Wow, so it could be in handling mode or in one of the other modes, and so you could start it thinking it's in the normal set mm-hmm. for stability, and it's actually still in a performance mode. That's one of those things people don't realize is legislated out there. You know what I mean? That laws say that when you turn off the car, it has to default to the normal modes and stuff like that. It can't stay in the track modes and stuff. So that's all that one's about. Yeah, that's. I'm not gonna lie. I love that. That's great. I'm glad to know that. But also, too, come on, dude. You know you don't give a shit. That's not your only car. That's certainly not your only car. If you own one. And all that. Yeah, that's I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You'll have your you'll have your chauffeur take you in your Rolls Royce or something. Uh, yeah, you'll like you'll literally yeah, exactly. Whatever you want to <laughs> bippity boppity boo and poof, you know, up at the You're not gonna be like, Oh gosh, yeah, I can't no. get to work because the Bugatti lost a drive shift. No, cool GTA mechanic where you're just flipping through and seeing whatever yeah. BS Ferrari or whatever you want to bring like at that. Oh, no, it'd be like land the helicopter on the building next yeah. to you. The words of Jermaine Dupree, like whatever trash you drive and you'd drop that off because your Sharon would be in the shop. Or your Devo would be in the show. I don't, yeah. No sympathy. Good for you. Glad you have real, yeah. like a real world problem that you first won't world problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not even really a first world problem. They don't have to do shit. But. It's a, yeah, 0.1% problem. <laughs> Whatever. It's still kind of, it's kind of nice to know that that's a, that's a thing that happens to all. But moving on from that. Oh. So, years ago, when the Porsche Cayenne came out, that was such a seminal moment. If you didn't grow up with just 911s and 928s and 948s and or all the excuse me, uh, 928s and 944s and all these other things that, you know, whatever. Porsche Majesty, just sports car magic. And that's just, yeah. hey, those are just the street cars. We're not even going into the real, real hallmark stuff. Yeah. But saying, if you didn't grow up seeing that stuff on the road only, then you've always grown up seeing... Porsche SUVs and all these yeah. other big things and big four doors like you know, and, 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 and all this stuff. 
So the Panamera, all that kind of stuff. But you now Porsche just rolled out their one millionth Cayenne. That's yes. I mean, we because we come from the generation, we're a little, like I said, we're just a little older. So like I said, when this idea was broached and they really gave it a good college try, but it didn't hit its stride till the second generation in my opinion. Yeah. But man, when they came out, there was people being like, this could cripple Porsche. <laughs> this could yeah. cripple Porsche. Like this is a, this, this could a, ruin the brand. <laughs> terrible. You know, but it's quite the opposite. In fact, really. I mean, <laughs> well, now here we stand. Yeah. I mean, wow. The millionth Cayenne, Brian. Well, I mean, think back, though. When that came out, though, I mean, I think that was like still, you know, in the early days of Escalades, Lincoln Navigators. And then in the (laughs) truck world, you had things like Lincoln Blackwood. And, you know, like it was still like a kind of weird idea outside of Range Rovers for much or G Wagons of like luxury SUVs that were like capable or whatever. You know, but when it came out, it was more like, oh, it's really fast, but. Well, I think it kind of is the daddy of that, that monster SUV market in terms of supercar performance in an SUV wrapper. You know, I think the original Cayenne Turbo was, that was really a, that was a mind bending moment when that came out and you went, oh my gosh, that thing's, you know, going to give most cars a, a difficult time, you know, so. I don't know. I, I do feel like it kind of pioneered a certain segment of performance SUV. You know, I mean, I don't think there'd be vehicles like the Trackhawk today without vehicles like the Cayenne Turbo, you know? I agree. Um, I'd say that, I mean, the performance aspect of it, but they also, too, tried very much to incorporate it into the DNA of the family, which is cool. That's one thing I really liked about it, even from the start, whether you liked it or not. It clearly, from down the street, was a Porsche, and it's always continued those things. And I think it's only gotten better, and they've had enthusiast models. So it's not just like a turbo that can really, you know, wow you. They've had the GTS with the, you know, six yeah. speed and all that kind of stuff. You know, they've given a, a lot of flavor to that tree, which is kind of the hallmark of Porsche, whether it is a Cayman, whether it is a Boxer, whether it is a 911. They give you the family tree thing, the good, better, best. And they have done that with that and the McCann. But I just, it's like a Giardo for Lamborghini. It's one of those things you wanted to hate when it came out. But then once it came out, I mean, it really invigorated the yeah. company in many ways. So, and that one millionth uh, Cayenne was actually a, a Carmine Red GTS. So, that's kind of perfect, you know, middle middle of the of the range there. So, I agree. Well, good for you, Porsche. Way to way to not listen to the naysayers. I mean, watch Aston Martin do the same thing with their DBX and all these <laughs> other things. I'm just saying, all these for yeah, no, right. drop their SUV. The Urus is sold like crazy, even though it's just a rebadged you know, big old Audi Q series around. Oh, the Urus is a sales phenomenon. I saw it on the road the other day and it's, it, I, I mean, I'll say the same thing. Like I know what it is. I mean, underneath, but, and I, you know, we know cost wise, everything's going to have the motor, the, the V8 from the Panamera. But I will say this, like from a mile away, it is a Lamborghini SUV. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, good. They, they do make a very good job of making it look like a Lamborghini, like its own vehicle. It's not like GM in the 80s where it's got a Pontiac badge or a Chevrolet badge. Or, it only gets know. weird if you got like a like a big, if you got the Q-Series Audi. If you have the massive Q-Series, the RSQ or whatever it is, the RSQ8 or the big, whatever the hell it is, the giant Audi SUV, the sporty yeah. one too. The only time you're going to be weird, and let's be honest, you don't live in that world if you're listening to this show, or we don't, <laughs> no one else is, even then. 
you're not going to pull up next to the guy in the urus and have that moment. The only time that yeah, happens because there's these hints of panel for panel and all these other things. But besides that, no, you don't live in that world. So just go no, buy the right. Audi version or your urus and then you can say, I have a Lamborghini SUV and feel good about yourself. But <laughs> that, moving on. Car advice from the people movers, yes. Oh. So we got some something I mean I'm legit excited about coming up though. The twenty twenty two Civic Type R, Brian. A car we absolutely love. We adore Type R Hondas. They are one of the last true, you know, you get what you pay for type vehicles out there. You In fact I think they're a bargain at this point. Yeah, you can't undervalue it. A type R yeah. vehicle from day one, always been overly engineered and overly balanced. We just weren't privileged enough to get them. And when yep. we started getting them with the Integras, they'd blow your mind, tear your face off. You just still couldn't get your hands on one. Now that they make them in a little bit bigger numbers and have made them for years, more people know. And they're usable. Silly usable. And I really It's always been the magic trick of them, right? Yeah. Well, I really like the where they're going with it. I think they dialed back the one thing that would kind of alleviate a buyer like you or i where i'm like yeah if i was 10 years younger i'd have one very boy racer but not a bad way it's functional and it kind of it we grew on me not where i'd have one yeah but well that's one thing that made me it you know kind of brought thoughts of that to me when i first saw the 2022 car um i was thinking you know did they have to soften it down because the people who are the most steeped in honda type r lore are i hate to say it people kind of our age so did they have to dial it back because we're sort of aging out past the neon underglow and um, triple-decker wings and stuff like maybe, that? I mean, I mean, you and I, that was never our thing. But it, No, but maybe 100%, though. Yeah, we always liked a cleaner, more specific JDM look. But I would say this. No, probably. They're probably trying to aim at a broader spectrum, and then they also know that the real hardcore younger crowd of it, there is no limit to the aftermarket, Varus and all these other things that you can do to make it look even more bonkers and better anyways. Um, I will say though, the renders, I really like what I see. Would you be in? We're in our final two minutes though. Where, would you be in? Because they're claiming, I mean, there's all these rumors, it's going to be 400 horsepower, all wheel drive, just under $40,000. That seems like if they can if they can deliver that level of car for that price, I might be in, honestly. I mean, you can't lose with it. It's going to be fast. <laughs> it's going to hold a resale value. It's going to be, be stupid Honda, fast. So, I mean, yeah, it's stupid stupid fast it's gonna be reliable it's gonna be usable and that's what we liked about the last generation type r well you just nailed it too if you ever wake up one morning and decide it's not enough well there's a hundred different companies you can contact to turn up the wick on that too you know so yeah. i mean i don't know I, I i love a type r so i think i would be very interested i mean for 40 grand yeah but you'd have to do the whole umbrella thing but the thing i'd say it falls under is it's brand new and it's a honda you know it's not gonna let you down it's gonna give you a a silly amount of speed and now that they're moving to that all-wheel drive style of it i think it's going to be even more mind-blowing not that anybody yeah that's a headline but for 40 grand i mean they're saying it's gonna be 2021 starting at 38 450 so the, the sti better, better, better get yeah no you're right i mean the sti is going to be what 100 100 horsepower down or 80 horsepower down or whatever i mean there's rumors that the, it's going to fire off a new 2.4 liter and finally make 400 horsepower, but it better. I mean, at that point, but who knows how much it will weigh, and they've been doing the same thing for the same year. We're in our final 30 seconds, though. It's like, what would you say, though? There's no Evo, so at this point, if the Honda steps up into that Challenger, is that all she wrote for the STI, unless it's a massive overhaul? 
Uh, yeah, I think it squarely puts the ball in Subaru's court that they have to respond. Otherwise, the STI is a has-been. It's a poser. I agree. They need to do something to respond where, like, the normal crowd could actually get something to be hyped and think it's the old burly WRC days. But on that yeah. note, we are the People Movers, and we appreciate you joining us again. We look forward to having you next time and discussing all things. A couple of exciting two-wheel news, off-road news, EV news, all the things you're looking for. But do the things we always tell you to look for. Look for those roads. Look for those cars. Look for those bikes. Whatever moves you. And do the most important thing. Get out there. Be good to one another. And tell us about the things that move you.